But anyway, if you would please turn in your Bible to Ephesians, the third chapter, and we're going to be reading the 20th verse. Everybody say, God bless the word. Ephesians, the third chapter, and the 20th verse. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh where? In us. Now, I just zipped through that, but I want to put some emphasis on some of the words. Are y'all not able to pull the scriptures up? Okay, well, take those off because I'm going to start singing Uncloudy Day any minute now. It don't take much to confuse me. Curly, you know that a redhead is just a rusted blonde, don't you? Now we're going to read it again. And I want to put some emphasis on it. Now unto him that is able. How many are glad that God is able? He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that works in you or me or us. Amen. Now, how many believe that verse to be true? Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Woo, that ought to excite you this morning. One day there was a man fishing and he wasn't catching anything, not like me. I mean, last last week I caught a fish that big. I, I did. It was a catfish. It was huge. It was, it was wonderful. I thought it was the Loch Ness Monster at first, you know, but I, I caught a lot of fish. But this one man was fishing in a, in a river, and he wasn't catching anything, but he noticed that the man upstream was catching everything. And this went on for about an hour, the guy just catching everything. And then all of a sudden, he was noticing that the man, when he would get a nice big fish, he would throw it back. And the man's like, what is wrong with him? So after an hour of this torment, he went upstreams and he said, sir, I've got to ask you a question. He said, why is it every time you get a big fish, you throw it back? And the man said, because all I have is a 10-inch frying pan. (laughs) Now, I don't know about you, but there are too many Christians today with a 10-inch frying pan mentality, spiritually speaking, that are throwing back way too many fish and we need to get a great big frying pan. Do we have a picture of my great big frying pan? (laughs) If you are walking around with a little 10-inch frying pan and that's mentality that you've got, It is time to throw that little old thing away, and that's what you need right there. Now, that'll fry up some catfish, amen? You need a great big frying pan. Now, again, the scripture, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or, I love that, even think, (coughs) according to the power of that worketh in us. How much power do you have working in you? Some people think 
God could never do that for little old me. I tell you that your thinking is messed up. Amen. Your frying pan is too little. This fisherman's thinking was all messed up. No doubt he was used to that same old frying pan, the same pan that his daddy used and his grandpa used and his great-grandpa used. Amen. His attitude was, this is all I've ever known and this is all I've ever used. And this frying pan has been in our family for generations and generations. You might say we're a 10-inch frying pan family. I'm telling you, his thinking was all messed up. Now, we know the scripture by heart, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through who? That does what? Amen. As a person, if you think small, all you'll ever get is small. Amen. Why, when I was out in the boat Monday with my brother Rick, I caught that fish and I thought, praise the Lord, I've got the biggest one today. And, I, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the big kahuna today because I've caught the biggest fish and we began to catch more fishing and more fishing. And I had four fish before he had any fish. And I thought, God is so good. You know, and I'm just, I, I was so excited about it and everything. And, and then all of a sudden, Rick latched onto one that was a pound and a half bigger than mine. Had to be the smart aleck, you know, and, and get a, a bigger fish than me. And then all, and, and we just started pulling in more fish. And pretty soon we had 15 nice size catfish that we're going to eat some of them tomorrow amen he feels good spirit about that but (laughs) but anyway I never quit trying I never quit trying to get one more bigger than my brother amen and he never kept trying to get another bigger one than the one he we should always try to improve what we have amen You know, the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. Amen. Amen. Mark the 17th, I mean the 7th chapter. Mark 7, verses 14 and 15. Just talking about Jesus. And when he, Jesus, had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. Now listen, there is nothing from without a man that entereth into him that can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. What comes out of us? Our speech. That's what defiles us. Is your speech positive or is your speech negative? Come on. Positive or negative. The Bible tells us as we think in our heart, that's the way it's going to be. As a man thinketh, so shall he be. How is your thinking? You've heard me say a lot of times, we need a checkup from the neck up to get rid of our stinking thinking. Amen. Amen. I'll ask somebody, I'll say, well, um, have you been having any, I I might go to a revival and come back a year later and, and somebody's been healed of maybe a back problem. And I, for instance, and I could say, well, have you had any, 
more problems with your back. And ooh, I tell you, it just irritates me when they say, not yet. Not yet means you're expecting it. Come on. You need to think about what you're saying. You say, no, ma'am, and I'm not going to either. Amen? Amen. Romans, the 12th chapter. Verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed. That you be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. That is how you transform. By the renewing of your mind. Do you know I've actually seen people transformed? They were a very negative person. And they finally latched hold of these scriptures this morning. And they transformed their thinking. And your thinking is your mind. They transformed. And they became a positive person instead of a negative person. Isn't it a drag to be around negative people? I'm just saying. It's just a drag. Well, some people see the, they're arguing over the glass is half full. No, the glass is half empty. And while they're arguing over it, I drink it. Amen? I mean, my goodness. People just get so negative in their thinking. It's going to rain. Well, I guess the good Lord thought we needed it or he wouldn't have sent it. Amen? Amen. When God wants, God wants us to renew our mind, not just the day we got saved, but each and every day, renew our mind. Watch what you say. Watch the words that, are, that come out of your mouth. Amen? I don't know, about 10 years ago, 8 or 10 years ago, some of y'all might have heard this story before, but I crushed my ankle. I mean, it... When I do something, honey, I do it upright. I crushed it. It broke the bones, and it took my ankle, and it twisted it. My, my foot was twisted backwards. My toes was pointing that way. When I walked, I didn't know if I was coming or going. <laughs> it, it wasn't nothing to laugh about then. I was in a lot of pain. But I, I uh, got rushed to the hospital, 9 o'clock on a Monday night, and they began to do the x-rays and everything on it. And the lady said, um, the surgeon is on his way. I said, surgeon? I said, yes, ma'am, you're going to have to have surgery. I said, I do not have any insurance. I don't, I don't want surgery like I had an option. And she said, you're going to have to have surgery. You're foot is broken and it's twisted backwards and I said well can't he just you know turn it back around the right way you know she said no ma'am I said all right but y'all do it the cheapest way you can I mean we got no insurance here so <clears throat> they began to give me morphine and everything my dad is the one to take me to the hospital and and he's pacing at the bottom of the bed there and at one time he wanted to reassure me that everything was going to be all right and he did it by grabbing the wrong foot and shaking it I said the foot 
Dad, let go of the foot, you know. And I said, maybe he needs to sit out in the waiting room. But anyway, they was pumping me full of morphine, and I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just still wide awake and everything. And I was texting my sister, telling her that the surgeon was on his way and all of this, this stuff. And the nurse looked at that, and then the doctor came in, the anesthesiologist came in, and he looked at how much morphine I had been given, and he looked at my dad, and he said, by all means, she should be out. He said, well, I got a hammer in the truck. You want me to go get it? I said, he needs to go out in the waiting room and sit. So the anesthesiologist said, well, we'll take care of that. And so they take me into the surgery room, and they give me enough stuff to put an elephant out. And in the middle of the surgery, I sat bolt straight up, and I'm looking at them down there working on my ankle. And they got beanies, beanies on little hand, you know, things here, masks, and I'm looking at them. And the doctor looked up and saw me setting up, and he said, Nurse, get that woman down. And the woman said, Miss Osmond, you cannot sit up and watch your surgery. And I said, oh, yes, ma'am. And I just laid back down. Well, I don't know what they gave me then, but I didn't wake up till the next morning. My, some of the church people told me, he said, you, we know what you did. You sat up on that operating table, and you looked down, and you said, now, Doc, remember, I don't have any insurance, you know, just to kind of do it easy there. So they put me in this big old splint because it was too swollen to put a cast in, and they pumped me so full of morphine that, I mean, for two days, I didn't even know who I was. And so I um, told them they missed. A, a nurse forgot to give me a, a shot, and so I was beginning to come too, and so she came in four hours later. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was supposed to give you. I said, don't give me anything. I said, how long have I been in here? Two days. I said, what's this room costing? She said, well, I don't know. I said, send somebody in here that knows how much this room is costing. So they got the financial director to come in, and she said, $365 a day. I said, check me into the Holiday Inn. I can get it for $75 a day. They'll bring me my food. They'll change my sheets daily. And she said, ma'am, you can't get I said, look, I'm calling my dad, and I'm going to have him come get me. So they sent the doctor in. And I said, I've called my dad, and I've told him, come check me out of this joint. And he said, Miss Osmond, you cannot leave here. I said, yes, I can. I know my rights. This is not a prison. It is a hospital. <laughs> And I can, there is a piece of paper that I can sign that will get me out of here. Now bring it to me. He said, you have, I said, I don't have any insurance. And he said, but you have a very crushed ankle. And I said, it'll be all right. Tell me what to do. What do I have to do that I can do at home instead of here for free? And he said, just put your, if you're determined, I said, I'm determined. He said, put your foot on the back of the couch and keep it elevated for two weeks. I said, consider it done. Nobody wants it to get better more than I do. So my dad came and he got me and they was bringing me in a Tylenol. I said, is that $8? I said, go down to Walmart and buy me a whole bottle of it for $8. And they, they was just shaking their head at me. So anyway, I, I got out of there. And I, and I laid on that couch at home, and I did exactly what they told me to. I mean, non-weight-bearing, with a walker, 
and I'm laying there with my foot up there, and, and I'm just like, I'm going to do what they told me to. Now, listen, during that two weeks, I received hundreds of emails, phone calls, and visits. The number one question was this, how is your foot? Now, I didn't, I didn't answer this nine times out of ten. Listen to me. I answered this 10 times out of 10. In other words, 100% of the time, my answer was, my foot is getting stronger every day. And it could be on the back of that couch just throbbing and hurting. You said, well, wasn't you lying? No. I was calling those things which were not as though they were going to be in faith believing. Now, let me just deviate from that story for just a second and tell you something. Last November, I was in a revival in South Carolina, and two months before the revival, the pastor had cancer. They found out he had cancer behind the ear. So they went in, and they made this great big cavity hole behind his ear, and in doing so, getting the cancer, they hit a nerve that caused his eye to droop way down and his mouth to droop way down. He looked like a severe stroke victim. It affected his speech, but they said he didn't have a stroke. It was just that they hit that nerve. Well, I figured they'd probably cancel the revival. The pastor said, no, we're going on with the revival. So two months later, I'm there for a revival. And I walked in that morning, and I was not prepared to see what I saw. The brother Sweat, his face, his eye was so drawn down here and his mouth so drawn down here. It was, it was hideous looking. I mean, my stomach just rolled. It was awful. I felt so sorry for that man. And I thought, I'm giving him an A for even showing up in public. I mean, this was bad. And the next day, I was staying with his sister. And the next day, him and his wife had me to come to their house for dinner. And so I'm eating with them. And he said, Sister Kay, the doctor wants to call in a plastic surgery and try to do something with this monster of a face. And the Lord put in my spirit this story. I said, well, Brother Sweat, you do what you feel like that you need to do, but the Lord wants me to tell you this. In um, one of Smith Wigglesworth, he is my hero, one of his books, many books, There's a story that he tells about a woman that came to church, came to revival, and she had, you know what a big old gourder is? That thing right there. And she would stand up every night of that revival and say, I want to thank the Lord for healing this gourder. And everybody's looking at her, and they're wanting to say, you need to look in the mirror, that gourder is still there. Didn't, Didn't bother her a bit. Every night. I want to thank God for healing this gorder. Third night. I want to thank God for healing this gorder. And during the night, God completely healed that gorder, sucked it back up to her skin. And the next night she came to revival and she stood up. She said, now, like I said, I want to thank God for healing that gorder. Can you give God praise in the house? What was she doing? She was claiming a hold of, I believe it is... 
Romans 4 and 17. The whole book is good. Read it. But I think it's right around in that direction that says, and, and, and claiming those things, you know, seeing those things that are not and claiming them as though they are going to be. What, I mean, and so I told him that. And, and that night at Revival, Brother Sweat stood up and he said, I want to thank God for healing me. And he sat back down. Well, then um, the next night, he did the same thing. And the next night. And when I left, he was just as bad as he was. And they tell me that every church service, he would continue to stand and say that. Two months later, his wife called me. He said, Sister Kay, she said, Sister Kay, every, since you told Brother Sweat that story, every time church has come, he stands and he testifies. And he says, I want to thank God for healing me. Calling those things that be not as though they are. And I said, that's, that's good, Sister Sweat. She said, no, 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 I'm calling you to tell you that God has sucked his mouth back upright, his eye back upright. He looks just exactly the way he did before all of this happened. Amen. Give God praise. That didn't happen a hundred years ago. That happened a few months back. Amen. And he went and he kept his appointment with the uh, surgeon and he walked in and the plastic surgeon who had seen him in his former state looked at him and said, what? have you been doing he said i've been praying and talking to the lord amen and jesus christ has healed my body hallelujah that plastic surgeon said i got a couple of hundred patients that would love to have that same god do the same thing for them son i could have never done for you i could have never made you look that good again amen they put his picture on facebook and i said man that's the same brother sweat i used to know amen we need to start speaking more positive amen even though my ankle will be hurting i would say my ankle my foot is getting stronger every day amen and then i already had an airplane ticket to fly out here to visit with your former overseer and his wife, Brother and Sister Davis. And I, I had a cast on and I had my crutches. Don't you hate crutches? You know, if you don't know how to use them things, they really hurt your armpits. I don't like crutches. Just want to go on record saying that. And so I flew out here to Roanoke and I, I'm telling you, I fell in love with the place. I fell in love with the people. And um, after it, a uh, day before I was to fly back to Arkansas, Brother Davis flew to Africa to minister over there. <laughs> as soon as he got on that plane and was gone, Marianne looked at me and she said, don't fly back to Arkansas. Let's you and I have a road trip. Let's drive back to Arkansas. Well, I knew it wasn't that she so much wanted to be with me, but she had some grandchildren in Arkansas that she wanted to get her hands on. That's what it was. And I said, well, that's fine. I said, I tell you what, I'll call my doctor and see if he won't allow me. We'll stop in Jonesboro, Arkansas, because that's where I got hurt. I had to get hurt four hours from home, you know. And so I said, I'll just stop in Jonesboro and let them look at this foot and see if I can't get this cast off a couple of weeks early. She said, yeah, sure. So I called, they made an appointment, and I'm in there. They cut the cast off. And then 
Nurse Ratchet stands over there in the doorway. She must have been with the Marines one time, a sergeant. She said, um, get off of that table and let's go down here to the x-ray room. And I sat up on the table and I said, uh, yes, ma'am. And I've got that cast off and it feels weird, unprotected. I said, yes, ma'am. I said, uh, my friend is in the waiting room and she's got my crutches. If you'll, You don't need them crutches. Get off of that table and walk. And I thought, come a little closer, baby. <laughs> Just within slapping distance, you know. And I, and I thought, you know, he has really done a lot of work on that ankle. I mean, to this day, I've got a 10-inch plate with eight titanium screws into my bone to hold that plate there. And if I stand up on it, and I've got pins and screws and everything, if I stand up on it and I undo everything that man, that doctor has done, I'm really going to be mad with Nurse Ratchet. So I just thought I'll explain that to her. And I said, okay, I will, but first of all, I want to explain to you, this foot has been broken, crushed, turned around by, I know all about your foot, get off that table and walk. <laughs> Lord, I wanted to get a hold of her. So I thought, all right, it's all going to be on you. So I got off, and I started walking, and I thought, well, you know what, this is a little awkward, but it's not as bad as I thought. And she always stayed five feet ahead of me. And I'm following her down to that room. Get up on that table. And I got up on the table, and they positioned the foot, and they took x-rays. And she said, all right, now get off of that table and go back to the first table and get on it, and the doctor will be in to see you. And I thought, hmm. So I went back there, and the doctor came in. He was young enough to be my son, and, and he knew I was a preacher. And he came in, and he said, hey, preacher. I said, hey, doctor. He said, man, your ankle looks great. Said, we don't have to put another cast on it. It is healed up tremendously fast. This is wonderful. And I said, well, what do you expect? I got a good doctor and I've got Jesus. And he said, he said that's right, that's right. So when mid Mary, oh, I come walking out into the waiting room and Marianne comes running to me with those crutches. I said, excuse me, I don't need those anymore. You know, and I walk on to the car and we drive home. Well, the next night I went to my local church and I took those crutches back that I had borrowed because I don't have insurance. And I gave them back to the people they belonged to. And I was so thankful for Nurse Ratchet making me get off the table and walk. That way, I did, everybody was telling me, you're going to have to walk with those for, you know, a couple of days to get used to walking on that foot again. And because of old Nurse, Nurse Ratchet, I didn't have to do that. And I was thankful to give those back. Now, somebody come up to me and they said, Now, whenever um, we have a front coming in, your foot will be able to tell that a front is coming in first. And I said, uh, No, ma'am, it won't. She said, Oh, yes, you see, my aunt Ida had that surgery, and every time a front comes in, she can tell her foot lets her know. And I said, Ma'am, I understand what you're saying. But I've prayed to the Lord, and I have asked Him to not let my foot be a weather forecaster, okay? <clears throat> and she said, Oh. And I thought, you need to try that sometime. And so I, I, I just prayed, and I, you know, I asked the Lord that. Now, it's been eight or ten years ago that that happened. 
and my foot has no more let me know when a front is coming in more than your weatherman can tell you, amen? Because you want to know what the weather is? I've learned stick your head out the door, amen? That's the best way to know what the weather's going to be. The weathermen will mess up your fishing trips and everything else, amen? But I have no, I am not bragging on me or my doctor. I am here this morning bragging on Jesus Christ. He healed the ankle. I can run, I can jump, I can play, I can do whatever I want to do with that ankle. I can't tell that it was ever hurt in the first place. And we need to start calling those things that are not as though we want them to be and that they can be. Amen. After this whole ordeal was over, I was talking to the Lord one day and he spoke in my spirit. He said, I want you to tell my church this. And I start listening. And folks, this is what the Lord said. Tell my people, I said, get off the table and walk. Hallelujah. Get off the table full of excuses and start walking and talking and being the army of God that I have called them to be. Amen. No more excuses. No more. Oh, if only I could. No. No more excuses. Well, I'm laying on this table because 20 years ago somebody hurt my feelings. I want to tell you something. Cry me a river, build a bridge, and get over it. Amen. That happened so long ago. You need to forget about it, and you need to move on with God. Somebody tell me amen. Oh, Lord. I have two more stories, and I ain't got enough time for it, so we're going to go right on. Ephesians 4.22 through 24, that you put off concerning the former conversation. Quit talking like you used to talk. Y'all gonna wear my arm off. Come on now. Quit talking like you used to talk. Put off the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be what? Renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You have a choice today to be a positive person or a negative person. And I want to ask you, just how big is your frying pan? How big is your frying pan? Psalms nineteen fourteen. let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Why are our words so important? Because that we are the representatives of Jesus Christ. That's why our words are important. Amen. Oh, my heart, I know y'all have just been sick about all of the children in Iraq and Iran and those heathenistic nations being beheaded 
their heads put on poles and them ISIS dancing around with them like that. And, and, and I got an email about how that, that they're coming into these homes that are Christians and they're asking the children, denounce Jesus Christ and they won't do it. Children have been so taught so strongly and have gotten a faith of the Lord Jesus Christ in their heart, they will not do it. Before their very parents, ISIS cut their head off and leave the parents alone for now to let them think about that before they come back and get them. I'm telling you, they've got the biggest frying pan of all. They've got faith. They know that when it's over, it's just beginning. Hallelujah. It's Jesus that they're going to see next. God help us. Luke, the 17th chapter, I believe it's the fifth verse. The disciples said, increase our faith. Just so simple. Three little words. They asked, Lord, increase our faith. Does your faith need to be increased this morning? What are you facing? What have you faced in the past? You know, there is power in rehearsing what God has done for you in the past. Amen. I get an owie, I think about my ankle. Hey, God took care of that and he can take care of this. Amen. My God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think according to the power that works in me. I am not surprised when the blinded eyes are open. Charlie, I'm surprised when they're not open. Hallelujah. I believe his word. I believe it's true. And I believe what we say that we can have if we're walking in accordance with him. Hallelujah. Folks, we can have it all. We can have it all. But we need to get off the table of excuses. If only I were a better Christian. If only I could overcome in this one area. If only, if only, if only. Stop it. You can. You can. You can. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Amen. I want you to stand with me. Pastor, I want you to come. I don't know exactly how y'all do things on a Sunday morning. I want you to come up here and I want you to just go ahead and take care of the rest of this the way that you want to.